Ohio Habla es un podcast que nace del proyecto Narrativas Orales de Latinos en Ohio, Oral Narratives of Latinos en Ohio. Exploramos la experiencia latina con entrevistas en español, inglés y spanglish. Welcome to Ohio Habla. I'm Elena Fowles. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of participating in civic engagement. I'm here today with two women who have been podcast guests in the past and who are actively involved in providing information and outreach to make sure everyone understands the importance of being counted in the 2020 census. I'm going to let them briefly introduce themselves. Lily? Sure. Um, it's a great pleasure to be back with you again. My name is Lily Cavanaugh, and I'm the Executive Director of the Ohio Latino Affairs Commission. We are the state agency that connects Latinos to state government and vice versa. Great. And Tracy. Thank you for having me. Um, my name is Tracy Najera. I'm the Executive Director of the Children's Defense Fund Ohio, and our organization is focused on research, policy, and advocacy on behalf of Ohio's most vulnerable children. Great. Thank you for being here. I have to say that talking about the census reminds me of Emilio Carballido's Mexican play, El Censo. In this play, the census taker comes to the neighborhood and everyone is hiding information from him, thinking that he's a tax collector. He repeat, repeatedly states his business there, but nobody believes him because he's a government employee. And many of the people in this neighborhood have unregistered businesses to avoid paying taxes and survive. I mention this because I believe that there is a similar experience or sense of mistrust among many minoritized communities in the U.S. where, in general, there is resistance to provide too much personal information that might later be used against you. In this case, the 2020 census has a controversial citizenship question. Can you share what this is and how this affects the immigrant community? Sure. So the citizenship question was proposed as a new question from how it's been described in the media to better protect the Voting Rights Act. However, you know, in light of the current political environment, mm -hmm. many people, and I think rightly so, have viewed this as a way for immigrants, new Americans, others, you know, to, to only further their mistrust of government and also to, you know, I think deepen some of the fears mm -hmm. that they may have as a result of their status or lack of status. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, you know, the, as an advocate, as a child advocate in Ohio, and knowing that one of the largest undercounted populations that we have are children under the age of five, and also um, hard to count neighborhoods are those that are with high concentrations of new um, new immigrants or new Americans, you know, we're at greater risk now because of, you know, the potential inclusion of this question, which has been untested, mm. um, which, you know, is, we really don't know what the effects will be. But we, we have a pretty good sense that just this question being out there and, you know, the, the public dialogue, mm -hmm. you know, has heightened fears. So, uh, The inclusion of it, I, I think, could only result in um, us maybe missing out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and not not having people counted and, and further making people more invisible in our society than they already are. Um, so later in July, or I'm sorry, later in June, we should be hearing from the U.S. Supreme Court because this question has been challenged mm -hmm. um, in court. And we should be hearing from them whether or not 
you know, it will be included in the final census. So I know that there's been many organizations across the country that have filed briefs with the U.S. Supreme Court that have, um, you know, been putting out um, issue briefs and also um, fact sheets about how this would be hurtful to our democracy, to our states, um, to our population. So we'll see. We'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm -hmm. But essentially, that's what the question is. And I think furthermore, um, it's important to note that this question had appeared in the census in the late 1890s, and it appeared for about 50, 60 years. So this is not the first time that the question on citizenship has been considered by the census. But what makes the big difference is when it is happening and what is the narrative in general that is um, surrounding this question. As far as why it's important to know about citizenship, we realize that that is an important aspect of understanding and managing many aspects of um, society. However, that data on citizenship is actually being obtained through the American Community Survey. And so it's not like we do not have any data on that. There is data. This, of course, is not a comprehensive, but the data exists to provide some insight into that particular question. But indeed, it's just the, the damage that that question itself has produced on the community and the lack of trust for the sanctity of the process of the census is mm-hmm. one of the major concerns that okay. we have. It is feared that this particular question would result in a massive undercount. What are your thoughts on this? And part of me, like I'm a cynic and I say, well, even if I'm filling out the census, I can choose what I reveal about myself and mm-hmm. what I what I don't. But but it's certainly just the fact that it might be there. Uh, people might already be making the decision that, oh, I'm not going to do this. Right. I'm not going to fill it out. Definitely. And uh, recently, the National Association of Latino Elected Officials, NALEO, uh, conducted a series of hearings across the country in five major areas of the country to hear from the public. And this was one of the critical questions. And there is absolutely no doubt that uh, having that question there has increased the levels of mistrust Mm -hmm. and fear. And just in general, there is a lot of uncertainty as to what is going to happen if this question is included in the census and it goes unanswered. So the uh, National Association of Latino Elected Officials created a Latino Census Commission, and the report was issued just last month in Washington, D.C. And among those recommendations, what we are seeking is clarification from the census. If this question is to remain on the census, what happens if someone decides not to answer that particular question? Because right now we do not have that answer. Mm. And hopefully by having an idea of how that is going to be handled, it will help. But needless to say, whether we were in Texas, New York, Florida, Ohio, whatever we were in the country, we have heard that cloud very clearly and loud from community leaders that already it has been undermined as Mm -hmm. a process of the census. And so that means that we will have an inaccurate census Mm -hmm. that is not going to provide the data that we need, not only for uh, federal funding, which is very important, but congressional districts is also important. But we got to take this a step further. Um, The business community, the scientific community, Mm -hmm. research. I mean, census affects so many different facets of our lives. Mm -hmm. So the implications are going to be incredible for our community for the next 10 years. Right. Yeah, and I wholeheartedly agree with um, Lily. And one of the things that I thought was uh, 
incredibly impactful was the fact that Nalio did have those regional hearings. And the report that they issued last last month was, I thought, very powerful. I mean, having these diverse voices from all over the country, you know, providing mm-hmm. feedback and providing their testimony mm-hmm. about what the impact of this question would be on our communities. Mm-hmm. I think I think that was really powerful. And I hope that somebody is listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and then and besides that as well, um, I think in terms of the massive undercount, I mean, we need to think about, you know, there's the census with the citizenship question, mm-hmm. right? There's that mm-hmm. conversation. Right. And then also in the environment, we have, you know, this whole landscape of, you know, what's going on with immigration mm-hmm. at our uh, southern border, mm-hmm. border. And then also what's going on in D.C. with um, different pieces of um, federal guidance around um, or, or around something called public charge. Mm where um, basically your immigrant status um, could be impacted by whether or not you are trying to access or you have access or someone in your family has access to any type of public assistance, mm. whether it be Head Start, SNAP, mm. CHIP. Mm-hmm. Even if you're in a uh, mixed status family where your children could qualify right now because of you know these rules that are that have been drafted for comments just because they're out there we have lots of immigrant families who have and we've heard reports of them dropping out of the chip program or pulling their children out of head start because mm-hmm. they fear that by them you know accessing these public assistance programs that their citizenship or the path to citizenship might be in jeopardy mm-hmm. so i mean it's it's a it's an i think an onslaught mm-hmm. on um you know, new Americans, immigrants, you know, across the board. Right, right. Um, you mentioned briefly, Lily, that financially this might impact and Ohio in, in other ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about, um, about that, about the financial impact that undercount could have in our state? Definitely. And in Ohio, we, we say, you know, there are 33.5 billion reasons why we should care. And mm-hmm. that is the amount of... Um, funding that uh, is at stake. And we need to understand that this uh, census is going to have an impact on how much money is invested in some, at least four very critical areas. Number one, healthcare. And um, Tracy already mentioned, you know, Medicaid, SNAP, Medicare, um, some of those very critical programs. But secondly, is really important, is also going to impact education. Mm-hmm. Many of the education uh, grants and uh, lunches that get served at school and many of those educational support services will be encount- uh, impacted by that head count. Furthermore, infrastructure, we're talking about bridges, we're talking about highways, we're talking about roads. Those are so critical for the maintenance of the well being of not just Latinos, but everybody in our state. And furthermore, and most importantly, is going to have a tremendous impact on children. Mm. And I think in that particular regard, um, you know, Tracy has been doing an amazing job in making us aware as to what is going to be not only the financial impact, but what is the number of children that are at risk of going undercounted in this next census. Yeah, in fact, last um, in the last several days, the Urban Institute's just issued a report um, detailing, you know, what they see is the potential undercounts, um, 
you know, in not only Ohio, but in other states around the country, um, just based on like a preparedness, the citizenship question, and, you know, uh, some of these other factors that could lead to an undercount. And one of the things that they found in their um, research is, you know, they provide an estimate of about 70,000 people um, that or 73,000, I'm sorry, 600 people, Ohioans, that could potentially be um, missed in this mm. upcoming census. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in terms of dollars and cents, um, they estimate that that results in about $88.7 million per year um, in federal funds that Ohio will miss out on. As Lily said, from everything from small business loans to infrastructure to child care, um, you name it. But over a decade, because remember that that amount missed is, or the undercount re- uh, results in not only dollars missed on an annual basis, but on an annual basis for the full decade mm-hmm. until the next census. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're really talking about almost a billion dollars mm-hmm. that Ohio will miss out on. In the 2010 census, children under the age of five were the most missed population. How does this happen? And how might it happen again when we think about our minoritized communities? That is, what are other hard-to-count populations? Sure. So uh, specifically for children. Um, So what we found in 2010 was that children under the age of five, correct, were the most missed population. Um, And also, it's not just that population, but children that are black, children that are Latino, they were at a higher risk than um, at twice the risk, really, of being missed as um, white children. So when you think about why is this occurring, you know, a lot of it has to do with where the children are living and Mm -hmm. who they're living with. Mm -hmm. So here in Ohio, back in 2010, you know, we still had, you know, a a sizable population of children under in that age range that were living with um, maybe grandparents or other relatives as a result of, um, you know, placements out of the home through neglect or drug use or, you know, you you name the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2020, well, the, that circumstance has only, I think, exploded within the state, especially with the opioid crisis. Mm-hmm. And so what you're going to see are more families that are, you know, non-traditional, where you have, um, you know, a little boy or little girl, siblings living with grandma and grandpa, aunts and uncles um, at a much higher rate. And also the other population of children under that in that age group that we saw that were missed are, you know, newborns. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine, remember back to when we were all young mothers, right? Um, when we had newborns, we didn't know if we were coming or going half the time. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it, it could be easily one of those things that are, you know, missed or overlooked. And, and not because you're trying to avoid filling out the census, but there's so many other things going on in your life at that time. Mm-hmm. So th- those are issues. And then other populations that are also um, most frequently missed are, are Latino populations, new Americans, mm-hmm. um, individuals living in our inner cities and high-density rental units. Mm-hmm. And then also we have folks that are living out in sparsely populated rural communities mm-hmm. that could also be missed. And homeless, too. The homeless. Oh, and there, there's like a whole other population, correct? Mm-hmm. So you have a whole um, population of folks that are housing insecure or lack housing completely. Right. And I think that's where our partners like um, our public library systems, our direct service providers, that they really come into play and can partner um, really closely with our, our census takers and our census bureau to make sure everyone's counted. 
Definitely. And I want to bring an example that is very real and recent. Uh, we just experienced these terrible tornadoes that took place in um, Dayton. Mm-hmm. So now what is going to happen to a lot of those displaced families and how are they going to make ends meet and where are they going to move to? So already we can foresee how the impact of, of just that natural disaster, one of many that have occurred across Ohio, is going to have a huge impact on a very important growing metropolis. So that is just one of the examples. And the other thing that affects very dramatically the Latino families as far as counting the children in the home is that many times um, they do not count the kids who are not directly related to the person completing Mm -hmm. the census form. Mm -hmm. So this is really important for people to understand is that we need to count everyone who is a part Mm -hmm. of that household. Mm -hmm. It's not just your blood relatives. And so that was also one of the major reasons that across the country, as Naleo was doing its um, hearings, we learned a lot that just the education component is very critical for families to understand how how important it is not only to count the children, but also the elderly, Mm. um, anybody who is handicapped or anyone with special needs. Um, Many people within our community think that only you should count those that are able to go and work or go to school. Mm -hmm. And that's where the count ends. So we have a really big uh, job ahead educating our community. And I imagine, um, Tracy, you mentioned earlier those mixed status family families. So if the parents or the or the head of the family um, might be still in limbo as far as um, the immigration status, that person might not want to complete the census. But they have three children that are citizens, right? And so you are missing those three kids, right? They're not being counted. And and they choose for different reasons not to complete the form. So I imagine that probably happen, or happens or will happen. It's likely to happen again if, if we don't have the, the right information about the importance of being counted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tell me about the Ohio Census Advocacy Coalition. Sure. So the Ohio Census Advocacy Coalition was stood up in the last year by over 30 nonprofit organizations from around the state of Ohio. Um, they've all recognized the importance and the critical nature of the census and not only making sure that, you know, the state of Ohio is able to draw down the federal funds that we need, but also as a matter of representation and also to know where our needs are in this state, because it's the census is a critical um, source of data that we use for, you know, planning services, planning programs, um, identify where pockets of, of greatest poverty are, et cetera. So uh, we all understand that this is critical. And we've been trying for the past year to build awareness, um, you know, build partnerships. We have a very strong partnership with um, the Ohio Latino Coalition um, at the state and also with other organizations Mm -hmm. um, and state agencies and local government and making sure that we have preparedness to um, put out strong communications, to also um, equip credible messengers with Mm -hmm. those communications like direct service providers and also to listen, because as we're hearing, um, and, you know, I, I know that Nalio's report that came out, that was really critical, too, just hearing what people are saying and what their fears are mm-hmm. um, about either not participating or, you know, not being sure of what they should do or how they should do it. So we need to be able to meet people where they are and make sure that, you know, they have the right information in their hands so that they can participate in the census, so they can be counted. So 
We believe everyone in Ohio should be counted. Mm -hmm. Um, We're trying to make that easier. And we're also advocating at this point um, to make sure that all our cities, um, all our communities have complete count committees so that locally they can, um, our local governments, um, you know, local organizations can make sure that everyone in their communities are being counted. But then also at the state level, that the state has um, resources um, set aside to make sure that everyone's counted and to also support some of those communities that maybe are under-resourced mm-hmm. and don't have the capacity to, you know, do that outreach, to do that awareness building. So actually the phase that we're in right now is we've been working really closely in the legislature during the state budget process um, to advocate for appropriations Mm. um, so that local communities and organizations can get access to funding to build that awareness, to build that, um, you know, that sense of, you know, this is my duty, Mm. right, Mm -hmm. to fill out the census. So actually we've been working um, with Senator Peggy Lehner and Senator Vernon Sykes, in the legislature, and, and they've been very supportive, and so we're hopeful that early next week, when um, the Senate bill is introduced, that there'll be appropriations in there for the census. Mm-hmm. I, um, I I just have a little anecdote. I um, so I had uh, my daughter's quinceañera not too long ago, but right be, right the week that week of um, the quinceañera week, I was listening to um, some uh, in some places how. Um, people that were holding this type of events, quinceañeras, were ho- were inviting people to have booths for voting registration, and mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, can we do something like that, right? Where you mm-hmm. already have a group of people coming to an event, um, and it could be as personal as a as a family, you know, gathering, family celebration, or you know, in two months we have Festival Latino, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but in, in ways that we can be creative, right, and uh, to reach a specific population. So that's my next question mm-hmm. to you. What are we doing specifically to reach this populations, um, the Latino population or, or other hard-to-reach populations? And, and I imagine for our community, uh, having people that are culturally and linguistically competent uh, to reach um, the population is key. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, it's funny. We just had this conversation in my office yesterday. Um, my colleague, Sean McKenzie, who's our policy director at Children's Defense Fund Ohio, he's heading up a lot of our work around mm-hmm. the census. And we were talking about like door hangers, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. for the census. And also hand cards that can be given out during festival season right. this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that's it's a great opportunity, mm-hmm. right, to talk to everyday people that, I mean, because usually I talk to people that are also in the policy field, mm-hmm. right? But, I mean, to talk to people that are, you know, not in this field, that don't have any awareness of it, um, and just, you know, share with them a little bit about what's going on and hear from them, too, about what their concerns are. So I agree. I mean, I think that festival season's a great time. Um, and I love the idea of just, you know, having them having, uh, you know, information about the census at like either a church event or right. mm-hmm. the, the next quinceanera that comes <laughs> around. Yeah. Right. Yes, definitely all around. And in fact, here in uh, Franklin County, there is a complete uh, count uh, committee that has been formed. And um, with Elizabeth Martinez and myself, we're in charge of reaching out to the Latino Hispanic community. So we're already speaking about that because it is really talking with the people that have their boots on the ground. You know, they're there every day. But also it's really important in this campaign that we speak about what the census is not. 
because there's just so much negativity and confusion and, and just false information out there about what the census will do. And so we really are going to be investing a lot of our efforts in, in specifically in teaching people and helping them understand what the census is not on one hand. And secondly, what is at stake? if they do not participate in the census, because many families say, oh, no, eso es para Americanos, you know, that's for the Americans, or we just got here, or I'm not, I'm, I haven't been here that long, or I don't matter. And so it's a lot of those attitudes that are more like, you know, lo que Dios quiera, whatever God wills. We just cannot afford that. So a lot of the emphasis on our outreach and our campaigns is going to be a lot of uh, one-to-one conversations and just trusted leaders just to have that opportunity to reach out because we won't have for this census the amount of uh, resources to do the kind of marketing and, um, you know, posters and flyers and materials that we have seen in previous censuses. And also because of the sensitivity of, of where we stand with the census, um, the, the great concern that many people have is, okay, well, this is supposed to be an online census. Um, so how do I know that there's a security over my personal information? How do I know that there are not going to be counterfeit uh, mm-hmm. census sites that are going to be trying to target my information? So the level of concern is quite different than anything we've experienced before. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just want to also um, emphasize something as far as the misinformation around the census. I think Lily's right on. I think that'll be, you know, job one of just educating people about what the census is not. And I think one of the things that we need to really emphasize is that um, individual information shared on the census is protected for like 76 years. It cannot be released to anyone, no matter what. Um, So the only information that's reported as a result of the census gathering is um, information in the aggregate. So... And, and the aggregate could be like in that census track or, you know, within a metropolitan area, but it's not at the individual level. And then the other thing is, you know, this will be the first census that is um, collected or there's a, the option of collecting it online. Mm-hmm. And So it's not required um, right, online, right. so you can still do a paper count. Correct. There's mm-hmm. actually going to be three options. You mm-hmm. can do it online by phone or on paper. But like anything, when you're offered so many choices and not enough communications around what are, you know, the advantages, disadvantages, and the options for each, mm-hmm. you know, I think it can be confusing. So that's why that communications in, in someone's native language mm-hmm. that's accessible to everyone is so important. Mm-hmm. Is the census questionnaire um, available in multiple language or is it just in English? Yes, the census questionnaire will be available in multiple langu- languages, and of course, it will be available in Spanish. And as soon as the uh, citizenship question gets resolved, I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, posters with the complete census questions that mm-hmm. can be shared around to help people understand, um, you know, what are the questions and how to respond to those questions. So a lot of that information will be available. And in fact, we're hoping that by, you know, early July, at, at the very latest, we will have some resolution on this question. And then very soon in uh, early fall, then we will be able to do a lot of that marketing and to share a lot of that information. So I highly encourage everyone 
want to utilize events throughout the Hispanic Heritage Month right. as your kickoff opportunity to speak about the census and to make sure that we are uh, sharing information. And, and in very uh, particular group that I want to make sure we are speaking to about the census are the children mm-hmm. because they are the main advocates on behalf of their families. And if they're able to go home and understand the importance of this and speak to the parents and they may have more willingness to complete the census. Right. Um, Lillian Tracy, what else should our audience know about this campaign or the census mm-hmm. in general? I would say that um, there is going to be a lot of information and resources that will be coming out uh, for us as advocates to try to help people and to educate. Um, there are already many national campaigns that have a lot of materials ready to go um, in regards to the census. So my uh, suggestion would be um, do some online research and uh, try to connect with some of those campaigns that are already underway. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Naleo has the Agase Contar um campaign already launched and underway with lots of resources and materials to help leaders who are interested in, you know, adding their contribution and helping through church and other groups. Um, and we have leaders and people in the community that are interested in helping out. So um, they will be able to use a lot of these materials. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. A lot of the information is already there. Mm-hmm. And for us here at the Latino Affairs Commission, um, you know, our tagline will be Cuenta Conmigo, mm. uh, Count With Me and count with me. Mm-hmm. So not only you can count with me as a person that is going to be helping out, but you can also count me in mm-hmm. and know that I'm going to be a, a very active participant in this campaign. So the census belongs to all of us. It's our right and it's the privilege by being a part of this country, and it matters. And so we need to take that as seriously as we take our vote or anything else. It's not just for us. It's for everybody. And we know that whatever we do or do not do is going to have an impact for 10 years. It, yeah, and the future generations, right, our children. Absolutely. And um, as part of the Ohio Census Advocacy Coalition, we're working in partnership with the Women's Public Policy Network um, and Innovation Ohio Education Fund. And we'll be publishing um, a toolkit that can be used for local community organizations here in Ohio. Um, So one of the things that we were really focused on is, you know, building that cadre of local ambassadors for the census, those those grassroots individuals who are trusted, you know, voices within their neighborhoods, whether they be a faith leader or, you know, community member, whatever, whatever the case might be, and making sure that they're the voice, you know, because nobody wants to listen to me mm-hmm. about the census, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like in East Cleveland or in Dayton, I mean, they don't know me from anyone. Right. But, you know, they'll, they'll listen to their neighbor, especially if they respect them and they trust them. They'll listen to them. So we want to make sure that we're equipping them with the right information so that we can have those trusted voices in the field that can share this with them. Um, but and I agree also, I mean, we, we need to make sure that everyone understands and everyone knows that they count. You know, this is not a time to be invisible. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need to be counted and we all need to make sure that our our communities and our neighborhoods that they get the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really for the next decade right. until we get, you know, until we have another shot at this. Mm-hmm. So we need to get this right now. Pues muchas gracias por esta conversación y esperemos que tengamos mucha gente eh, llenando esos cuestionarios y llevando los cuestionarios a su vecino and just everywhere, right? Um, to make sure that we're counted. Um, a todos, gracias por escucharnos y recuerden seguirnos en Facebook y de compartir este podcast con otros. Hasta la próxima. 